We're on Hollywood Boulevard. Welcome back. So, Karen, you're back on the figurative boulevard, but you were actually on the real boulevard a week ago. Last week, I was literally on Hollywood Boulevard, the real thing. That is crazy. I mean, I I guess it's also normal, but uh, yeah, you were on the West Coast, and uh, now we're back. And I was actually staying at the Hollywood Roosevelt's Hotel, which is on Hollywood Boulevard, um, across from Grauman's Chinese Theater. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Okay. The hotel was fantastic. Um, just in terms of like that old Hollywood, have you ever been in there? No, I haven't been been inside the hotel. No, I haven't been inside. Okay. It's freaking gorgeous. So like the, the old lobby, like they've got like these two lobbies, like one kind of behind the hotel, which is where you pull your car up and they valet it and stuff. And then they have like the main, I I guess what used to be, I guess the main lobby on Hollywood Boulevard. Um, and so when you go in that, there's no like front desk or anything, but it is just so beautiful and ornate Mm -hmm. in terms of like the woodworking. It is like really like stepping back in time. Oh yeah, I bet. Um, yeah, yeah, Art Deco. Um, yeah, yeah. Because I believe I don't really know too much about the lore of the hotel, but apparently Mar- Marilyn Monroe lived there for like two years, and you know it's it's pretty iconic in terms of as far as hotel goes. Kind of like the Plaza Hotel in sure, um, here in the in New York. In New York, you know, I mean, it doesn't. It's not quite, I guess, as well known as the Chateau Marmont, but um, I don't know. I feel like it's more iconic. Maybe I'm wrong. I feel like there's a lot of stories with the Chateau Marmont, but the Roosevelt is like a different kind of iconography. Just yeah, so far. Yeah, it's because it was built in like 1929. I think was when it was wow. uh, when it opened. So um, so it, it and it's been kind of home to a lot of Hollywood stars. Um, so yeah, so we stayed there and. Um, and I mean, the rooms were pretty small, but the bedding, oh my God, the bedding, uh, was a complete luxury. Um, I actually dug around on Google. I had to do a deep dive in Google to find out, uh, who, who they used for bedding. And it's like, you know, a thousand dollars for a flat sheet. Yes, so I was like, oh, so much for that. Um, and we did have a couple hours by their glorious pool. Oh, um, yeah, it was it was just like such like the Hollywood experience staying at that hotel, which was really neat, um, especially for like, you know, it was my daughter's first trip to Los Angeles. So um, so it was really great to sort of give her that. Um, uh, but then we had to leave and go to Anaheim. Ugh. Well, you said had to, but there's some pros to that con. Yes. Well, the pro is, um, well, OK, two pros. So one pro is if you are going to be in the Anaheim area. I highly recommend going to this little tiny town that is sort of, I don't even know if it's like in Anaheim proper or if it is its own little town, but it's called Old Town Orange. And it is like kind of like almost one square mile, I would say. And the center of town is actually a rotary, like the cars go around and then it branches off to these four streets. It is charming as hell. Um, some wonderful restaurants and, uh, some really cool vintage clothes stores. Um, Sid and I did some real damage there Mm -hmm. and, uh, one and antique stores and just like a very different vibe because like Orange County is like the boondocks. It's like the sticks, um, with the exception of, I think Anaheim, um, 
Um, and, and a lot of it, a lot of Anaheim was like that where we were, were like strip malls and, um, chain restaurants like Taco Bell and Arby's. Um, yeah. There's a cheesecake factory somewhere there. I'm sure there is. And lots and lots of enormous and, and impersonal hotels. Right. And they're huge. Um, but then there was like this little oasis of old town orange and also like, you know, should be known orange County is this sort of weird, like staunchly conservative. <laughs> it is. Yeah. All those <laughs> and, residents. California. It's like, and so it kind of sticks out, out like a sore thumb. <laughs> So to find this, um, this little cute little town with all these funky, you know, shops with these funky people, um, running them was, you know, was, was pretty neat and, and really unexpected. Nice. That is a nice little find. And then of course, the other benefit of being in Anaheim is your proximity to Disney. Yes. Um, we went to Disneyland. Fun. We were there about three, two and a half years ago and we loved it. That's actually one of our fondest couple memories. Really? I mean, I thought, you know, okay, so I would say this about Disneyland Anaheim. It is so much more manageable than Disney World Orlando. That's one reason why. Exactly. Um, so I just know that when we went to Orlando, it was almost too much. It was so overwhelming. And this was like, you could just make a day of it. Yeah, we we ended up doing like two and a half maybe maybe one full day and then two separate days that were each like two thirds or I don't know. Where uh, did you stay when you were out? Did you stay in Anaheim or did you go back and forth to Los Angeles? Cause that was a bit of a haul. No, we were in Anaheim. We were across the street. All right. Um, did you stay in like a Disney hotel or were you in? It wasn't a Disney hotel, but it was one right. of those like Disney adjacent. Like, okay. like it was like a Marriott motel type thing to stay right. So you home. didn't go too deep into Anaheim. I'm just trying to get a, an idea of what you did see while you were there. Oh, of Anaheim. Very yeah. little. We went okay. up and down, whatever the street we were staying on, um, had a, to get food a couple different times uh, far enough around that we took an Uber to a Del Taco. But that's, like, pretty much it outside of Disney. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Um, and, and this was, and this is, like, the OG Disney. This yeah. was the, this was the, this was the very first one. Um, I, my understanding is they took out, a, I mean, okay, um, the animatronics are from the 1950s in, in some of the rides. Um, they did remove a number of them, apparently, that were, um, questionable in terms of you know 1950s uh <laughs> had a little bit of a racist problem there you know yeah. um <laughs> going on so they did get rid of um some of those animatronics but there were uh, you know i think i think where it got really weird with those animatronics was thunder mountain <laughs> oh yeah i could see that I remember going, when we were going by it, I was like, what the fuck? And they had like this polar bear tied up, but it almost looked like he was tied up in a sex swing. <laughs> I was like, I don't think they meant to do that. They probably did not intend for that. <laughs> but what we found to be the most racist was the, the animatronic animals on the Jungle Cruise ride. 
Uh, we did not actually go on the Jungle Cruise ride. And I think they actually replaced that because there was I supposedly think, a new Jungle Cruise ride. Because I think in between my trip and your trip, they have done a lot of changes yeah. to it. But yes, yeah, so the Jungle Cruise movie has just opened. Um, and I think to help promote that, uh, Disney Plus has just aired this new five-part behind-the-scenes series called Behind the Attraction. And each episode sort of tells you a little bit of the backstory behind different rides. And so the first episode is about primarily Jungle Cruise um, with a little bit of uh, FaceTime from The Rock because it's The Rock and Emily Blunt that are the stars right. of the new movie. So that's how it all ties together. But we really like the show. Um, I will say uh, um, the... Like we saw, you saw one, you went to regular old Disneyland and we also did that and California Adventure, which has some of the newer rides and the Pixar Pier and stuff like that, which we really, really loved. Um, and it also had the Tower of Terror, which we really, really almost died on. Um, I did not, because that was, yeah, we couldn't, because of COVID, you couldn't jump from park to park. You right. couldn't get that park pass. You You were in one park and that was it. So, yeah, so we didn't get to go to Adventureland. Uh, maybe a future trip, but yeah. but the Tower of Terror does have its own separate episode of Behind the Attraction as well. I think there's one on the Haunted Mansion, and there's like two other ones. I think it's a total of five. Um, the episodes are interesting to a point they give a good deal of credit to some of these outstanding imagineers that came up with a lot of um the brain children if that is a term um of what's going on with these different rides in the park oh space mountain was one of them too now that which is my favorite um um and so that stuff's really cool. And if you can't get to the parks, which we're probably not going to be able to get back anytime soon, it's like the next best thing to being there. But the episodes also ramble a bit. Like the Space Out Mountain episode talks about the creation of the ride and how it's a little distinct in each of the different parks, the one in Paris, the one in Tokyo. And all of a sudden with no segue is about the Tron ride that they have in that park. And it's like, mm-hmm. wait, what are we, are we talking about this? Or are we talking about that, that sort of thing? Um, and the the copy that uh, Paget Brewster, who does the narrating on, is a little glib. There's a lot of jokes that you think could be a bit more um, reverential to Disney, being that it's on a Disney Plus platform than they are. But I could tell you have a question or a comment. I well, heard I was you. just. I was just thinking um, uh, when you said that, that there was, uh, you know, conversations with the Imagineers, because one of the things that uh, Sid and I kept talking about was how we wished that the people that created <laughs> Disney would like do just urban planning in general, because yeah. everything <laughs> at that park. I mean, even though you were waiting in line for, you know, I, I especially there was no fast pass. There was, you know, just waiting in line was was a thing. Like even though you were waiting in line, it. I don't know. There just was something about the way that the lines moved and how they moved and the layout of things and how kind of easy things were. And I would, and, and so that was something that, you know, my, my daughter and I kept talking about was like, God, I wish they would do like, why don't they have Disney people doing the urban planning? How much better would our world be? There's yeah. They're so smart about everything that they put into that park. And everything is so intentional. You know, like every, everything, like things that you don't even think about. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's so intentional. Yeah. 
Yeah, like right down to the fact that like my kid was like, well, you know, there are no mosquitoes in Disney yeah. Orlando. And I was yeah. like, what? And and like it's right down to that and sort of, you know, um sense and uh, yeah, it's really crazy how everything everything is so intentional there. Um I don't know if we still have Disney Plus. Um if we do, I want to watch this. Yeah, it's worth it. Oh, and the other one is about Galaxy's Edge, the Star Wars park. That uh, just opened, at, I think, right before. Yeah, we didn't. Uh, we didn't go to that either. It was. It was a little bit of a. I think we were there like a total of probably six, seven hours. So, yeah. and again, so just, there were so many lines. Yeah, like we just kind yeah. of like did what we could, and then we, um, and then we left. But I'm looking at the IMDb, at like the episode list, and this is weird because it seems like an. It almost seems like an infomercial commercial for Disney. <laughs> Oh, it is. Like they're going to talk about like, the, the hotel tone, and. But that's why the tone is so weird because they they also like actually get in some knocks uh, with the narration, so hmm. it's a curious hybrid. So I learned some really cool stuff, and it's always great to just get to to sit and watch it. Um, but it also was overly snarky, which surprised me because that's not really what you find at the happiest place on earth. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised. But it is about really that cool. Too. It is a really cool way to relive it. Usually not there. Um, um, I think the people behind jam. the scenes of the the series um, did a couple other Netflix things that were like a little snarkier in keeping with that. The toys that made us and the movies that made us are on Netflix, uh, and I think okay. I think it's the same team. Okay, so that's their kind of general whatever. I think so. I haven't watched those, yeah. but I, I get that that may be their their vibe. Gotcha. Cool. So good for you for the whole trip and for getting to put in a few hours there, though. Yeah, yeah. I was glad that we. I'm, I was glad that we did it because you know the last yeah. time I took my daughter to Disney, she was real little and she ended up going. I'm not going on any of the rides because she was too scared. Aww. So, um, so now I'm so on... old, I get scared. Yeah, I know. So we get to go on a bunch of rides now. So that was really cool. It's really fun. Yeah. And yeah. I know I you like, said... see what you missed. Yeah. Well, but that's why you can go back. I know. Yeah. You can take it with you. Yeah. Well, you can't take yeah. it with you, but you can go back. You can go. You, you can, can go, go back. back. Um, that's back. the cliche. Uh, so I know you may or may not have Disney Plus, but you are still uh, subscribing to HBO Max, right? I, I bought the year. So you got it. I got it. I got so, it. I am so, still subs- I'm a still still a subscriber. Well, I have a recommendation for you then. Please tell me. It's a movie that came out earlier this year called Shiva Baby. And that's Shiva, not like Shiva, but like sitting Shiva the way the Jews do when there is a so, loss in the community. So what is this about? It's about a recent or soon-to-be college grad named Danielle who is Orthodox and and her parents are paying her bills, but she is also secretly um, getting money from sugar daddies. And we see her with one such guy that she's met off of an app um, at the beginning of the movie. And while she's having sex with these men, she is either bi or a lesbian because she has also recently come out of a, a very deep relationship with a girlfriend um, who we meet when she shows up 
at this uh, Shiva call that she goes to with her family uh, for like a sort of distant family connection. Um, so it's uh, set in Brooklyn. Most of the action takes place in this family's house. Um, and so we see Danielle um, dealing with like the hypertension that comes from the fact that her secret life might come to the forefront because Mm. not only is she there with her parents, but also her ex-girlfriend shows up during this Shiva and um, the sugar daddy that we saw her with uh, at the beginning of the film also has a connection and also shows up with his non-Jew wife and young child at the same Shiva. So a, series of mundane circumstances start to escalate um, and match it up the tension about what, what will happen to Danielle and her secret. Um, and I think it kind of goes around maybe once or twice too many kind of at the end, it kind of circles around with like, a, Oh, is this, is this her rock bottom? Is this where everything is really going to explode? Um, but by and large, I was I was definitely in, and um, I thought I thought it was a, a really good movie. Oh, so, okay, cool. So it I sounds... recommend it, and it's it's based on a short I think that originally may have been at Sundance or done some part of the festival circuit a couple of years prior. It's still a relatively short movie. It's like seventy something minutes, okay. uh, so easy enough to to wedge in. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, it sounds it kind of sounds like fun. It is fun. I definitely, yeah, I, I think it's definitely fun. For me, a lot of it's very identifiable. Um, and the actress playing Danielle, her name is Rachel Sennett, S-E-N-N-O-T-T, uh, is really doing a terrific job. So I definitely want to call that out as well. But yeah, Shiva Baby, currently on HBO Max. Why do I know her name, that one? I didn't know her name. Rachel so Sennett. Okay. See. All right. Um, I mean, I can't say there's anything on her list of movies that I would be like, oh, of course, her. I was wondering if she was like a theater person, but maybe not. uh, It's possible. I didn't recognize her name from theater myself, which doesn't necessarily mean anything. Um, Usually I know them, um, but not always. And in fact, to that point, the actress who plays her ex-girlfriend, Molly Gordon, is someone who I've seen in quite a few things. Okay. Okay. Because then they also like Jackie Hoffman is in it and Polly Draper. So, I mean, it's a, it's a good cast. Yeah. A lot of New York actors. Yeah. yeah. It's a good cast. And Polly Draper plays her mother. Uh, in fact. Oh, okay. There um, we go. I, I'm on her IMDb. I have probably seen her in the one episode of high maintenance it says that rachel senate was in but i do not think i recognize her from anything else okay it might just be the name um is familiar for whatever reason all right could be um i have another hbo max rec for you as well well yes. no i'm i'm lying i'm lying i'm lying it's not a, it's I'm, not a rec? okay <laughs> Liza it is not a recommendation. It is a movie that is on HBO Max. Oh, um, tell me what movie it is so I don't watch it. It's the documentary on Woodstock 99. 
Was that bad? Because that's something that I would see. Well, that's why I'm bringing no, it. No, I have to caution you. Well, I just think the way it is structured is kind of irresponsible because, uh, like, what really happened is that, yeah, this was a midsummer 1999 music fest where a bunch of things went wrong and it uh, ended up in a, like, a lot of physical destruction and chaos and rioting. And instead of really trying to peel back what happened, um, the documentarians kind of come in with a bunch of half-baked theses that they all sort of throw at the wall to see what sticks through a very 2021 prism. Um, that seems to be like the norm now. I think we had talked about norm. that before. It is, of yeah. like doing these docu-series and throwing out all these half-baked theses and it's just kind of like, and and kind of you know purposely purposefully sending you on like a, a wild goose chase yeah yeah like you could just present the facts because it's interesting enough it's interesting yeah. enough to see how like well woodstock the original one from 30 years earlier which um you know was a, a, all about peace and love and the music was was lighter and it was about togetherness now we have mythologized it a little bit. Like there were still problems. There was still crime that was happening up in like Saugerties where, where the first Woodstock fair took place. But I, it, it was still like a mostly idyllic thing. It had become corporatized by the Woodstock 94 and even more so by 99. And the stuff that happened there, you know, like people losing their mind and people getting, you know, like, you know, like, being like rage issues from being out in the sun and being um uh what's what's the word that that i want um not having enough to drink what's the word that i want um sober (laughs) oh no 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 (laughs) not having enough liquid of any kind um having dehydration dehydrated that's the word um like you know these are things that happen at almost every outdoor festival um and and so like we're using words like all the straight white men and all the rich people that went to to this festival because you know what ended up it was you know like the bathroom situation didn't work and and so you know there there you know like was fecal matter just flowing all over the place the fact that there was remember this the fact that like people lit property on fire the fact that there were some sexual assaults that people actually did die um in one case that's uh relayed here by a friend who was there uh due to hyperthermia so that was like the dehydration reference um but you know like they talk about a lot of the music of the time though not everything and not everything that was at this festival was that sort of like new rock like limp biscuit mm-hmm. and corn and stuff like that which mtv says was a sort of like a some sort of natural response to the the pop music that had started inundating mtv just before like backstreet boys and britney spears but like this is like a natural ebb and flow to music of all kinds there's always you know like within a 10 year period there's always three or four different kinds of music that that tends to take turns dominating and you can say that but Corn already had a number one album before Backstreet Boys even had their first single out so right. one is not a response to the other and you can't posit that you know music 
led to like fire up these people and that that's partly responsible when they even have a thing saying that same year was the Columbine massacre but you can't blame those two perpetrators on the music they listen to so it's like well which is it and you can't you can reference Woodstock but that same year was Altamont with the Rolling Stones and the Hells Angels that did result in rioting and people's deaths. Um, so these are things that happen, and they like they try and make this seem like it was a singular thing that was a result of like somehow what MTV had become and people just didn't want to take it and the only kind of people as though there is only one kind of people that <laughs> buy tickets and attend these sort of outdoor festival events um, when you know there are plenty of people with silver spoons in their mouths that show up to these and plenty of people that don't because they just love right. live music and want a good time and it's about the communal thing and you know they talk about how people were dehydrated or people had been drinking a lot and people were uh like really upset with how like they weren't getting their money's worth they don't mention a thing about what was clearly like plenty of drug use going on at the same time that also led people to lose control uh of themselves like it's all over the place but it just comes with such a not even slightly hidden agenda um you know and so they have some attendees or the talking heads and then they also have moby talking because he was there and he's like and he's like bashing like the way the like the lineup and it's like well there were still more jam bands than there were new rock bands so don't pretend that this lineup of which you were a part is somehow like so terrible and also he's a sketchy guy at this point he's such well. a douchebag <laughs> um so so it's like who are we really like leaning on here um and it's you know it's a it's a lot of tail wagging the dog um they don't even mention like the fact that rage against the machine whose very name implies like the kind of outburst that ended up happening they really don't even mention that they were there um it's a it's just like a pretty lacking uh, work overall and it's part of a series it's the first episode in a series called the music box series which uh i think is produced by the ringer or bill simmons who used to be a no it's the ring it used to be grantland and now he does the ringer um and it's like his response to espn's 30 for 30 and it's like a motley mix of different um themes for various episodes i think one upcoming episode is all about jag a little pill uh and alanis morissette very different um but this is uh, like really shoddily put together and and i get that it's catnip for a lot of people who are just watching every streaming doc they can find and every musical doc of any kind um but it's so irresponsible i was like kind of taken aback just how all over the place uh and inconsequential it was so that's why i'm not going to recommend it to you but you are welcome to still watch and judge it for yourself i might simply because i kind of remember i i I remember bits and bobs of what happened there back in 99 i remember wanting to go actually and not um and i think part of it was because i was kind of the 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 lineup was a bit lackluster yeah um and then being like phew dodged a bullet 
Yeah, I had no interest in going, and I was too young and too poor to even think about it anyway. But um, but I remember hearing about it as as it was imploding on itself i guess yeah uh, yeah. Like, yeah that was definitely not for me i, I guess that was our um fire festival yeah it's right? you, you, can, you can see similarities but what the, the one of the things the the documentarians seem to do is to try and tie a direct line from one to the other and i'm like it's just not and you know, like they talk about how Coachella has has gotten it right because they're somehow a more classy affair, and it's like, well, there are still Coachella, special... yeah. But these are bougie. Those are bougie. Well, that's I mean... it. That's that's <laughs> exactly what they say, but don't say. I mean, those are like super bougie, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and again, like they're not talking about like all the EDM festivals and and stuff. Like, yeah. There's just so much. That they, and they don't say about, like, you know, the Horde Tour and OzFest that these things were happening, too. It's like they they try and say it was this singular failure that typifies so much of, like, how we got to where we are. Um, you know, they they try and tie racism in in a way that, that doesn't really work as well. Um, yeah, the whole thing is really um, kind of terrible. Oh, well. But, but watch and judge for yourself. Okay, I still might try it. I still might give it a shot, but um, yeah, that sounds uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. bottom line is, I don't think these festivals have learned anything, and this this duck would make you think different. I mean, so, yeah, probably not. So go at I mean. your own peril. <laughs> peril, peril. Um, and I, that's about it for with things that I've seen this week. Um, we're watching some ongoing streaming things, so I may talk about those in the next couple of weeks as well. Um, oh, may I ask? Um, oh, yes, for a no, teaser? yeah, no, it's no secret. I'm just not going to weigh in yet because they're midstream, but and I know you don't get Disney Plus, but we are watching the, the Monsters Inc series spinoff oh, called okay. monsters at work okay and uh because we're gluttons for punishment we're watching the american horror stories on hulu which which is like a side anthology from the regular american horror story series um and each episode is kind of its own little horror play and uh the one that has a lot of tongues wagging right now uh is the white lotus which you can catch on hbo max yes um i i was wondering about that one we weren't watching and we weren't watching and then we were like should we give it a try and we have some thoughts but we'll see it through so if you're able to catch up to it and uh i guess two weeks from now um which by the way guys will be right around my birthday august 13th no no just a shameless plug um you know we can talk about it then because we'll have things to say i think i think it's just six episodes Okay. Is that have they? Uh, one thing that I've noticed that they've been doing on HBO Max um, is the slow drip. Um, they're not doing the the Netflix all at once because we've been watching some series um, on there too, and it's been like the slow drip. We've been watching the hundred foot wave. Well, the thing about uh, at least the White Lotus is that that is still airing on HBO, so that is doing the weekly thing because they're still treating it like it's part of their their premium cable schedule got it okay like their weekly sunday night prestige show this summer got it got it yeah it's it's, yeah it's so weird after being with streaming for so long to have 
a channel that does that sort of slow drip of things is a well, little bit Well, what's strange. cute is that other streamers are starting to go back to the weekly drop with more and more of their shows, and people are reacting to it online like it's a novel thing. <laughs> They're like, <laughs> like, oh, I kind of like this. I only have to watch one episode a week, or I kind of like like waiting a week to see what happens. It's like, yeah, going back to you know, like the Farnsworth invention in 1948. This is how it was. <laughs> Yeah, remember when? Oh, for Christ's sake! Yeah. Oh. So there we are for the the Boulevard, um, yeah. but we're still taking racks. If there's more stuff to watch and talk about, uh, please let us know. You can find us on Facebook, back on the Block Pod, and um, you know we're we're suckers. We'll watch just about anything. Mm-hmm. So um, we're we're open to suggestions. Yeah, and I mean, you know, if anybody. Uh wants to send me back to Los Angeles, I'm game. I love it out there. I know. I mean, as a, to only visit, yeah, it's actually can be a lot of fun. I mean, I, I don't love the traffic, but every time I go out there, I'm like, why did I not move out here? Why did I move to New We York? get that ping, yeah. You yeah. know, we've, I, I have never, have I ever once on a road trip, years and years and years ago, did I drive. But ever since then, going back, it's always been cabs or, or ride shares. So, I dread the driving, but I don't actually experience it. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, no, and I've we've always driven. The Ubers were so much cheaper out there than they are here. Really? Because yeah. I was anticipating like spending a freaking fortune, but I was going to a lot of places. I went to like Rancho Palos Verde to see my godmother. Yeah, you had some long trips, yeah. Yeah, like we just were like all over the place. Um uh, and then going to Anaheim and all that. But um, what did you fly into when you went to An- when you went to Disney? Did you like go for Disney, or were you in an LA and then went to Anaheim and then went back? Like, how did you? Uh, we flew in and out of LA. We flew in and out of LAX. So uh, I think from there we immediately headed down to Anaheim for a couple days, and then we headed back in to LA because we were staying downtown. And that trip was when I was actually officiating a friend's wedding in LA. <sighs> And so we did, so we did half the trip was Anaheim and the second half of the trip was LA and we flew in and out of LA. So how, how much did it cost to get to Anaheim then in a ride share? I want to say it was like 120, one, something like that. 115, something like that. All right. Yeah. Cause that can be a long ass, like, that can be a ridiculously long drive. Like when we were, um, looking at because we were in Anaheim because my daughter was looking at college there and the student that was giving the tour was like oh well you know LA is either 45 minutes away or it's three hours away depending on the traffic and I was like what (laughs) yeah I mean if you go at 1 p.m versus you going at 1 a.m it's like as the crow flies at night it's really it's so different (laughs) it's like I was like what (laughs) It's either going to be 45 minutes or three hours. I was yeah. like, are you and kidding that's me? That's just how they all live. But They're they also, but they also have adapted to like really factoring in a whole part of their day in their car. They, you know, know they do all calls in their car through the day. It's, it's a completely different I way guess. of life, that kind of car culture. I guess, but it, I was kind of like, if I had to spend all of this time in my car, I wouldn't get anything done. That's how I feel. Like part of my ability to like work full time, write my books, do these podcasts is because I don't have a commute. Exactly. Yeah. It's completely inverted. 
you know, if I had to put a commute in, I would be like dead. I would, no, yeah. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do all this. No way. Well, we'll, we'll cross that bridge if we ever make that move. Oh, I don't know that we will. I don't know that we will. But it's fun know. to visit. COVID. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So on that note, you guys, stay healthy, stay safe, get vaxxed if you haven't. Please and, get vaxxed. Please. <laughs> and come visit us again in a week when yes. we will be back on the boulevard. We love you. Bye. <laughs>